Vorlock Vorbach Reads. Produced by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library. Welcome to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. Brace yourself for the bevy of ghoulish ghosts and oogling ogres that linger in these haunted verses. Last time, we crept through haunted spots and chased will-o'-the-wisps in the dark. This time, we visit the fantastical world of one of English's greatest writers of lyrical poetry for children, Walter de la Mar. Walter, although he disliked that name and preferred to be called Jack, was born on April 25, 1873, in the county of Kent. His father worked for the Bank of England and was descended from French Huguenot silk merchants. His mother was the daughter of Scottish naval surgeon and author Dr. Colin Eret Browning. After Walter's education at St. Paul's Cathedral, he worked in statistics for Standard Oil. After obtaining a civilist pension, he concentrated on his writing. In 1892, he joined the Esperanza Amateur Dramatics Club and met his future wife, Elfrida. Ingpen. They had four kids. His first collection of poetry, Songs of Childhood, was published in 1902. He became famous for his lyrical poetry for children, and his 1910s children book, The Three Royal Monkeys, is considered a forgotten masterpiece. In the 20s, he also became known for writing fantastic supernatural stories praised by H.B. Lovecraft as a rare master. In 1940, Elfrida was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and died three years later. In 1947, Walter would win a Carnegie Medal from the Library Association for his children's collection, Collected Stories for Children. He would also suffer a coronary thrombosis and would die from a second one in 1956. I will be reading three of his poems, The Ogre and the Phantom, both published in 1902, and his most anthologized poem, The Listeners, which was published in 1912. Here are some historical moments from 1902. South African Boers win their last battle against the British Army at Twibosh during the Second Boer War. Jean Sibelius premieres his Symphony No. 2. The Electric Theater, the first movie theater in the United States, opens in Los Angeles. The Commonwealth Franchise Act in Australia grants women's suffrage in federal elections for resident British subjects, making Australia the first independent country to grant women the right to vote and stand for Parliament. The Philippine-American War Ends Theodore Roosevelt becomes the first American president to ride in an automobile. The first science fiction movie, A Trip to the Moon, premieres. King Leopold II survives an assassination attempt by Italian anarchist Gennaro Rubino. 
Langston Hughes, Charles Lindbergh, and John Steinbeck are all born. And here are a few key moments from 1912. The Republic of China is founded. Alfred Wegener presents his theory on continental drift. New Mexico becomes the 47th United States. Alfred Berry makes the first parachute jump from a flying airplane. The Girl Scouts is founded in Savannah, Georgia. Mayor Yukio Ozaki of Tokyo gives 3,000 cherry trees to be planted in Washington, D.C. to symbolize the friendship between Japan and the United States. The Titanic leaves with 2,200 passengers bound for New York. After hitting an iceberg, it sinks, killing more than 1,500 people. The wreck would not be discovered until 1985. Universal Studios is founded. Paramount Pictures distributes Sarah Bernhardt's Les Amours de la Reine Elizabeth. Emperor Meiji dies, ending the Meiji period and starting the Taisho period. The first Boy Scout to obtain Eagle Scout happens. Tarzan first appears in the pulp magazine The All Story. Woodrow Wilson wins the presidential election against Theodore Roosevelt and William Howard Taft. The Piltdown Man is presented to the Geological Society of London. It is not revealed to be a hoax until 1953. And my favorite moment. The Scoville unit, the measurement for hot peppers, is devised. And now, let's read some Walter de la Mar's poetry. The Ogre Tis moonlight on Trebar with the veil, and moonlight on an ogre keen, who prowling hungry through the dale, a lone cottage hath seen. Small with thin smoke ascending up three casements and a door. The ogre eager is to sup, and here seems dainty store. Sweet as a larder to a mouse, so to him staring down, seemed a sweet windowed moonlit house with jasmine overgrown. He snorted as the billows snort in darkness of the night. Betwixt his lean locks tawny swart, he glowered on the sight. Into the garden sweet with peas he put his wooden shoe, and bending back the apple trees crept covetously through. Then, stooping, with an impious eye stared through the lattice small, and spied two children which did lie asleep against the wall. Into their dreams no shadow fell of his disastrous thumb groping discreet and gradual across the quiet room. But scarce his nail had scraped the cot wherein these children lay, as if his malice were forgot, it suddenly did stay. For faintly in the ingle nook he heard a cradle song that rose into his thoughts and woke terror them among. For she who in the kitchen sat darning by the fire, guileless of what he would be at, 
sang sweet as wind and wire. Lolay, thou little tiny child, bye-bye, lolay, lolly. Hazu of glory, meek and mild, this night remember ye. Fiend, witch, and goblin, foul and wild, he deems some smoke to be. Lolay, thou little tiny child, bye-bye, lolay, lolly. The ogre lifted up his eyes into the moon's pale ray, and gazed upon her leopard-wise, cruel and clear as day. He snarled in gluttony and fear. The wind blows dismally, Hazu in storm, my lambs be near, but bye lolay, lolly. And like a ravenous beast, which seized a hunter's icy eye, so did this wretch in wrath confess sweet Jesus' mastery. He lightly drew his greedy thumb from out that castment pale, and strode enormous swiftly home, whining down the dale. The Phantom Wilt thou never come again, beauteous one? Yet the woods are green and dim. Yet the bird's deluding cry echoes in the hollow sky. Yet the fallen waters brim the clear pool which thou waste fain to paint thy lovely cheek upon, beauteous one. I may see the thorny rose stir and wake the dark dewdrop on her gold, but thy secret will she keep half divulged, yet all untold since a child's heart woke from sleep. The faltering sunbeam fades and goes, the nightbird whistles in the break, the willows quake, utter quiet falls, the wind sighs no more. Yet it seems the silence yearns but to catch thy fleeting foot, yet the wandering glowworm burns lest her lamp should light thee not. Thee whom I shall never find, though thy shadow lean before, thou thyself returnest no more, nevermore. All the world's woods, tree o'er tree, come to naught. Birds, flowers, beasts, how transient they, angels of a flying day. Love is quenched, dreams drowned in sleep. Ruin nods along the deep. Only thou immortally huntest on this poor earth in time's flux caught. Huntest on, pursued unwon, phantom child of memory, beauteous one. And the last poem. The listeners. Is there anybody there, said the traveler, knocking on the moonlit door, and his horse in the silence champed the grasses of the forest's ferny floor. And a bird flew up out of the turret above the traveler's head, and he smote upon the door again a second time. Is there anybody there, he said. 
but no one descended to the traveler. No head from the leaf-fringed sill leaned over and looked into his gray eyes, where he stood, perplexed and still. But only a host of phantom listeners that dwelt in the lone house then stood listening in the quiet of the moonlight to the voice from the world of men. Stood thronging the faint moonbeams on the dark stair that goes down to the empty hall, hearkening in an air stirred and shaken by the lonely traveler's call. And he felt in his heart their strangeness, their stillness answering his cry, while his horse moved, cropping the dark turf neath the starred and leafy sky. For he suddenly smote on the door, even louder, and lifted his head. Tell them I came, and no one answered, that I kept my word, he said. Never the least stir made the listeners, though every word he spake fell echoing through the shadowness of the still house from the one man left awake. Aye, they heard his foot upon the stirrup, and the sound of iron on stone, and how the silence surged softly backward when the plunging hoofs were gone. Thank you for listening to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. Well, that concludes the second season of Supernatural Poetry. I hope you enjoyed the poems and learn something about history. We had some interesting poets this year. For a change of pace, I think I'll be reading short stories next year, but we will see what happens in March. Keep listening and sharing this podcast. Thank you again, and until next time, <laughs> Thanks for listening to Warlock Vorbach Reads. Subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss future episodes. And discover more of our podcast at chpl.org slash podcasts.